One of the most profound things I've learned in my life is that it's actually not about my hair at all. I've spent a lifetime trying to cover up who I am. And as much as I love a good external transformation, and I do, I much more love a heart transformation. Join me as I share how I work to heal my heart, find happiness, and embrace our hair. My land, you guys, welcome back to what I really can't believe, episode 13 of my podcast, It's Not About Your Hair, where we talk all things hair, heart, and happiness. Gosh dang it, if you've been hanging out with me since the beginning, can I just say thank you? I think it's so incredible that anybody can have a podcast. I mean, you could have a podcast if you wanted to. There's millions of podcasts going on all the time. I was just reading this report and it said that there are, I I can't remember, I'm going to lie about it because I don't know, but hundreds of thousands of people start podcasts every day, but most only make it through the first three episodes. So we're here. We've already beat the odds. And then uh, I think it's very few make it to 100 episodes. So we'll see if we get there because, you know, it is hard to come up with content every week or to make sure that you're saying something that matters or is of value. And I hope you guys that this podcast has helped you in some way to have a deeper understanding of yourself. You know, the whole goal when I started, remember, if you're watching, I'm putting on the, if you're listening, I'm putting on these glasses, the idea that these lenses, the things that we look through shape the world that we live in. And that's the truth. How you choose to see the world you live in uh, creates the world you live in. And that's very hard for people to believe or accept. And it was hard for me uh, to accept because I didn't always like the world I was living in. And the truth is, it's much easier to blame everybody else for where you're at than to stand up and make change, to do the hard work, to to have the life that you want. And some people, I'm not saying, don't have it harder than others. That is absolutely true. Some of us started a, a unfair advantage. Some people have generations of family members who aren't um, having any luck, as you would call it. And therefore, they struggle to even find a path because there's no one in their life that's mentoring them on this way. My hope for the podcast has been, and the reason I started it, was that I really, truly can't believe the life that I live. I really, truly can't believe that I have the family that I have, that I have the opportunities that I have. And I believe that there's a lot of reasons for that, you guys. But a little bit of backstory is that I didn't always feel like I was worthy of anything. There was nothing that I felt like I deserved or was worthy of. And there wasn't any part of me in my younger life that believed that I was lovable or um, redeemable, you know, And I think about that all the time. You know, I say this a lot, but I'm a curly hair specialist and I get to partake 
in this really beautiful exchange with people um, when I do their hair, especially on a new client appointment, because usually people are coming to me because they think that they're not fill in the blank pretty enough. Their hair is too frizzy. They've always been a mess. Most people, as I said in episode one of the podcast, have a memory from about third or fourth grade of a time that they didn't feel worthy or beautiful. And that sticks to them. And herein lies the path of life is that we get to choose to hold on to these things or we get to release them. And so all of the episodes in some fashion or form are about our our choice our choice to choose to not hold on to these things that have hurt us, to forgive ourselves and others, and to create the life that we want to live and to create the legacy we want to have and to um, live lives that are flowing from a place of gratitude. And so on today's episode, episode 13, lucky number 13, um, I was a little bit wrestling with what can we talk about now? And I made this poll on my social media. If you're not following me on social media, what are you doing? Come on over, Voss the Curl Boss on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook. But I did this poll um, and asked how many people felt like they were always in a hurry which is something that I've been studying a lot. I read a really great book on that, uh, Eliminating the Life of Hurry, and done some different Bible studies on that, but also just really thinking about in our world that we live in now, whether you're a Christian or not, there is a lot of talk about the, the rush and the hurry. And that leads us back to, you guys, it's the truth, another lens, this, this, opportunity to put on these glasses that I'm so busy, I have to be in a hurry, there's too much going on, I have to rush, there's not enough time. And that's, that's a lens. Uh, That's, that's a lens. And it took me a long time to bump into that. And to, to look at it as an external thing, time, hurry, and say, I, quite frankly, I don't want to do that. And I'm still in the process of this, but I thought it was fascinating. It was 80% of you said, I'm in a hurry and I feel rushed and I feel like there's never enough time. And I too have struggled with this thought process and I thought we would kind of go over it. I got back out. So if you're watching, welcome to the clutter that is my life. I was like, where can I find these, these nuggets? And, um, I read a lot. I love to read. Uh, the seven habits of highly effective people I have here, kind of relooking back over that. The love dare, my husband and I are doing that devotion, and this is the book um, that I wrote, and I pulled it back out because originally when I said I was going to do this podcast, it was because of the nuggets I had already um, had the opportunity to see in my own life, and to bring some of those back out. And I really do wrestle with this, so. Um, I have ADD. Uh, I am constantly, I am a hyper creator, which means that I have a million ideas running through my mind at all times. Hmm. Sorry, frog in my throat. And I always want to do them all. And there's just not enough time. And so for me, how do I take a step back from the things that are ultimately most important and try to create some 
rhythms or cycles in my life that I can find time to enjoy things. Yesterday, I shared a podcast that I thought was awesome, Peter Cesario. Oh, we studied it a little bit. He did Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and he talks about um, how we can we have to get out of these lives of hurry and some things that he did. And, and so a couple of things I looked up, um, what is hurry? And um, hurry is a thought process around there's not enough time to have to do things in haste quickly. Um, my husband and I, we did this practice where we shared with each other something that we shared first, things that we loved about each other, so don't worry. But then something that really bothered us about the other person or something that we saw in the other person that they could work on and maybe we could help them with. And so I think that's the really beautiful thing about a marriage is we don't just get annoyed with our partner. Perhaps we really believe uh, the Bible says that we were created to be the helper to the other. That's what a marriage is and should be. It, and just like everything else, that's seasonal. Um, I've been a great helper to my husband and I've been a great terror downer of my husband. And some of those seasons, I hate to admit, have lasted years. And as I am healthier, as my lenses change, as my perspective of Jesus changes, and I realize that I want to be all that I can be for my husband, for Christ, for my kids, then I change. And so helper. Uh so one of my pet peeves with my husband or things that I think that he needed to work on, and usually you guys catch this, things that irritate us about someone else are things that are irritating about ourselves, but it's easier for us to push blame and look at somebody else. My husband runs, literally runs everywhere. So if you're trying to create an atmosphere of peace, he will be running from the upstairs to the downstairs, running from the kitchen to the bathroom, running like he's always running. And for me, because I'm trying to practice these places of rest, when I hear his feet running through the house, I'm like, what is going on? And why is he always in such a hurry? And so we talked about that, you guys. And um, the truth is, we're both very hurried people. Mine just looks a little bit different. He is more uh, physically in a hurry uh, because he's a doer. And so his feet are all over because he will run himself out until he sits down to go to sleep at night. And that can be for himself and for others. So it can be a great quality. Like he doesn't today, I don't even know where he's at, helping his mom, helping his stepdad, grocery shopping, going to drop something off for someone else. He's going to go help this lady like he's just always doing. And for me, the list is mental a lot of times. I'm creating, so my mind is always busy. But I do a lot of things like this that don't require hurry. You know, I'm reading or writing or dreaming or I'm working to learn something new. And so I am busy. And so I can point out his physical busyness. And he agreed that uh, he wishes that he could slow down. And that created a conversation for us of, I also wish I could slow down and, and how can we do that? And 
if you are in that same situation that you feel like you're always in a hurry, the next few episodes of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about things that I've learned as far as what hurry is, as well as how do we understand time? How do we identify um, who we are in in what we're looking for? And also going to go over some big big giant words that are really big in the in the culture right now, which are mindfulness and um, manifestation, both of which I think are biblical and can be tied back in. And so my job here on the podcast is always to toe that line. I don't think that there's a Christian life and a non-Christian life. Well, maybe there is, but I think sometimes Christians are more guilty of this than people who aren't believers of believing that there's a line, like Christians do this and non-Christians do this. And I think that that's a lie because I've met a lot of Christians that do this and hide it because they feel like it's wrong versus people who don't live in, sometimes Christianity can bring in, and not Jesus, listen to me. I don't think Jesus brings in the shame and guilt. I think man-made structures inside of religion bring on shame and guilt. And But people who, and generally the people that I know and love that are kind of away from their faith or maybe not practicing, it's because of seeing some of this hypocrisy in the world where Christians say that these things are bad, but they know that that the Christians that say they're bad are doing bad things too. They're just hiding it. And so there's this beautiful space where we come to the middle of that and we realize me too, me too. I struggle with these things and me too, as a Christian, I don't always know exactly what I should be doing or um, I'm not always getting all the things right. And so I think it's really important that we understand that um, words like mindfulness to me are prayer, uh, uh, manifestation, also prayer, but they come from pockets of time carved out to listen internally. So we're going to start there um, today. We're already 13 minutes into the podcast, but that's where we're starting. I wanted to share a little story about my past, and and that's what most of the time I start with, stories from my past, because they lead us to who we are in the future. And I can remember a time in my life where I had worked so hard for something. So um, being, um, I would say, less than impressive high schooler, I ended up in beauty school because I had been um, skipping school so often and getting in so much trouble. I had seven MIPs and a DUI by the time I was 16. You guys really struggled. And school, I didn't fit at school. I think now I probably could have, but um, I didn't fit because I didn't know myself, and so I didn't know where I belonged. And so I was, it every day felt like a new type of um, fake experience, like masquerade ball. I was going and pretending. And so, anyways, I ended up in beauty school. Beauty school um, was not something I wanted to do. I actually hated my hair. I had a shaved head at the time, and I didn't really love hair at all. In fact, I thought it was cruel and unusual. But God, here we are today. And and I can't go through all these stories, but then I ended up in beauty school and fell in love with the idea that I could make other people feel beautiful. Anyways, long story short, all I wanted to do was be successful because I had been so unsuccessful in my life. So I started this salon with my best friend and we grew the salon and it grew and it grew and it grew. And, um, we went from just two girls in a shop with a space heater on the side of the wall to 
We had um, one of our salons won the third salon in the nation for salon design. It was really cool. And at the same time as winning that award, my entire staff quit. And so you live in these parallel things in life sometimes where it looks to the outside world that things are really, really good. But in the real world, (laughs) they're really, really bad. And they can coexist. They can live side by side with each other. And when that happened to me, so the reason I'm talking about this is time, you guys. So when that happened to me, I was devastated. And it took me almost a year and a half to emotionally recover from that. And the reason is because I had put all of my time and energy into growing this salon and growing um, what I thought would make me successful and all the while never listening to the inside of me. All I was doing was adding things to me, adding things to the outside of me because I had never really been um, okay enough with myself to do the inside work. And in little pockets of it, I started, but I was so busy, so busy scaling my business, so busy appreciating the, um, I don't know what the word is, the acclamation from other people because I was successful, but I felt like when that happened, I had nothing left because I had put everything into that basket. And so um, I didn't learn the lesson that life was trying to teach me at that time. And I ended up going ahead and starting a new business and reinventing it and repeating the same exact pattern, but a different way. And uh, trying to rebuild a team and redo all this. And this time I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to do this. But it, it was all about me and what it looked like. And as I've learned that time, the only way we can find out what we're meant to do is length of time that we experience life, length of time that we go inside to process how we've experienced life, and length of time that we listen to what is inside of us. And I don't know if you can catch this any sooner. I don't know if you can master this. Maybe I think if you're young and you struggle a lot and you have people along your path that help you work out the struggle, maybe you get there faster. But I think for most of us, every book I've ever read is like really in your 40s is when you're really able to slow down and look back. Most of the people I know that are my age right now are in this season of what the F is time? You know, I've done all these things and I realized that these aren't the things that I want. And so I think the first half of our life, well, we blo- we live in Block's childhood, which I would say is 15 and younger. And then we move into this weird becoming ourselves stage, which is yeah, 15 to 25 or 30. And then our 30s are, you know, where we're becoming all that we, the young egotistical version of ourselves thought we would be. And then somewhere in the middle of that, we transition into realizing, and and this depends on how you travel through time too. Like if you um, gain more money or more resources or more accreditations as you get older, um, I think that that makes it a little bit more likely that you're going to come to some of these epiphanies. Because for me, I thought once I had a really successful business and a successful marriage and 
had a nice house and drove a nice car, then for sure I was going to be happy. But what I've realized is that that's not really how that worked for me. And I had all those things, lost all those things, rebuilt those things, and then had them again, only to realize that I was missing the ability to live in the seasons of my life. And so um, one of the pictures that I have in my book that I wrote down and was one of the pictures the Lord gave me is every summer, I plant so many flowers around my house. You guys, I'm obsessed with that. I probably spend more money in the summer planting flowers because I I have an addiction than most people spend shopping all year long. And um, sorry about that. So one of the big things that I do is my window boxes. And you start really small. And I love the idea that you plant just a few things and then you fertilize it and you watch it grow and you fertilize it and you watch it grow. And then this window box by the end of the summer is so full and beautiful and so full of color. And most of my life, I wanted to live as a window box. I wanted to be full. I wanted to be an end of summer winter box, you know, before you're irritated and don't want to water it anymore. I want it to be full of color. I wanted everyone to see it and be like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Um, And I didn't really enjoy the seasons where um, you look at the trees like we're in right now and there's no leaves on the trees and everything's brown and it seems really sad. And that's a season that is really also important because there's so much work being done. And I think that I didn't know how to live in the seasons where things looked barren because I was always wishing for summer, wishing for that um, opportunity where I visually saw things growing. But I've realized now that the time of the seasons is a gift because all of our life is seasonal. We're only a child for a season. We're only um, a miniature adult for a season. And then we move into these different stages of adulthood. And same with our careers and parenting and all of these things. And if we're always wanting an experience that we used to have or holding on to one time or one season, we can't take the time to listen when the seasons change. And so I really have learned or am learning, I wouldn't say have learned, am learning that one of the things that I really am doing now to slow down the hurry is that I don't believe that there's an actual timeline. I think that it is time that we need. So I don't have to always be in a rush. I can slow down and when things look like they're not growing, that's a season that God is asking me to listen because he's cultivating things inside of me. I believe that we were born with the things that we need. And so when we think about manifestation, manifestation is uh, dreaming about believing in what would some would say bringing to you the things that you want. But I think it's deeper. I think it's slowing down enough to listen because all I think that there's so much for each of us so much that you're meant to do and supposed to do. But most of us are so busy that we don't take the time to listen what's inside of us. And if you bring out, so through mindfulness, prayer, meditation, listening to what you were created to do and be, and then you dream, manifest, or visualize 
what it is that's inside of you that was created in you. I think God's given us all a purpose and a plan. And we're also busy trying to get on the path that everyone else is doing. I have been guilty of that. Like, this is what success success is going to look like. And so I'm going to get on that path only to find out I wasn't successful. But when I pulled it all back, you guys, I pulled it all back. I gave it all up and I slowed down. And even God tried to give us that. I don't know if God gave it to us. Don't don't come at me with any hate because I don't mean it like that. But even the opportunity that in my lifetime, the COVID-19 thing, that we all got to slow down for a season of life. And some of us didn't slow down. We were spinning. So you were busier in your mind than you ever had been. But that opportunity that everything just stopped. And so many people looked at their lives and, and adjusted because they were like, I think I've been giving my time up. Because they realized once they had time that it was okay to sit. I did. I realized that maybe there was something in the sitting that I didn't know about. It was okay to rest. It was okay for me to not be busy every second of the day. And in that, I was then able to start creating a life fully lived based on what was inside of me. So the way we slow down the hurry, but grow exponentially, you guys, is by giving ourselves time and enjoying the seasons and trusting that there is a plan. And if we will choose not to be complacent, if we will choose not to blame others for where we're at, and if we'll choose uh, to step into that voice inside of us, the path before us, some would call it the universe. I really think it's the spirit of God, which I, I to me personally, I think is way freaking cooler. Uh, that there is one that created me before time, that he, Psalms 139, knit me together in my mother's womb, that he has a plan for my life. So once I believe that, I don't have to work so hard to create the plan, I have to listen to the plan and then step into action. And the step into action that I've done in the last year of my life specifically, you guys, has been scarier because all of it is in the unknown for me. All of it is things I've never done before. But there's a confidence because I'm not trying to copy someone else. It's just stuff that God has been like, hey, why don't we try this? And here's the other thing. Most of the things I've done, I've messed up on as I've been working through them because I don't know how to do them. And most people, when they mess things up, they quit doing it. You have to keep doing it. You have to keep going. So uh, this is the point. We need to be able to slow down enough because I feel like my life in some ways is now things are coming to me faster and quicker And because I know who I am, finally, because I've done the work to heal myself, I can say no to things that aren't in alignment with who God has wanted me to be or the things God has before me right now. So it allows me to slow down. So one thing for me is that I know I need these pockets of time where I listen and hear God. If I don't take that time, in the last month, I've realized that I haven't been doing that because I got so busy on social media. I'm rolling my eyes if you're not watching. 
That's a weird thing, right? It's like a little carrot dangling in front of you. So I don't even know what that means that I got so busy on social media, but it means that I got a a ton of followers overnight. And then there's a little demand with that, or I need to keep up with it. Or all of a sudden I started holding it. So instead of getting up and doing my quiet time, like I always did, I was like, oh, I have to post this and I have to make sure I get this out and I have to do this and I have to do that. But why do I have to do any of that? It's a choice. And the way that I got all the followers was because I was doing just the one next thing that God asked me to do. And I didn't plan anything to get the followers. It just happened. And so if we stay in that course, but the minute we start holding on to something too tightly, you guys, whether that's our plan, our money, our talent, I feel like that's when we lose control because none of it's really ours. And the truth about time is it's really subjective because some of us will live to be 100. Some of us know people who haven't lived past five years old. Some of us will live to be 30. And each of us will be born and die. There is an inevitable part of that. And each day, we could live out to the fullness. So time is subjective because some people get so much done in a 24-hour period. They love so well. They help so much and they honor people. And I think that what happens inside of that ability to give back to others and to give back to yourself is you discover what you're supposed to do. So that's all I have for today. What is the thing you need to step back from to give yourself time? Where is the pocket of time? And what season are you in? Are you the really blossoming, beautiful window box right now where everyone can look and see? Um, Are you in a season of where things don't look that good? And when that happens, are you trusting that that's just God giving you rest, that you're supposed to allow and use that time to cultivate your internal emotional journey, you guys? Listen to the inside things that are happening because that's what's happening right now. The leaves and the trees and the grass and all of the things that are going to bear life in just a couple more months are doing that inside right now. And so if you want to be able to bear really beautiful foliage, if you want to get have really great fruit in the next season of your life, if you're in a barren season right now, I'm going to encourage you to maybe slow down, be mindful, start your day with quietness, not scrolling, listen to what is inside of you because it's been birthed inside of you already. And on the next episode, we're going to talk about some ways that we can practice bravery and not blame to move into the season of growth. I'm so glad that you're here. I hope that today, if you don't know that you are worthy of love, that you know that you are. I hope that if you don't feel like you're okay, you know that you will be okay. And I hope that you know that your hair looks great and that you're doing really good. And I'm so glad you tuned in. I guess this is where I ask you to subscribe to my channel, to follow me on social, and to listen wherever podcasts can be found. And join me every Tuesday at two as we unpack how to heal your hair, your heart, and your happiness.